Welcome to the Success is Subjective podcast series brought to you by ParentTrainers.com presented by Lily Consulting. I'm your host, Joanna Lilly. In today's episode, I had the pleasure of interviewing Victoria Olson. While trying to find her way as a young adult, she, like so many, experimented with alcohol and substances. This eventually led to more than her share of tumultuous relationships, poor decisions, and an emptiness in knowing who she was. After leaving Texas, Victoria eventually landed in Boulder, Colorado, putting her far from her destructive influences, which felt like the perfect place to start a new life. She eventually entered recovery and has lived a fulfilling life one day at a time. For over 25 years, she has spent time with young adults in residential treatment, youth shelters, transitional living programs, and now as the founder of Expand Mentoring, LLC. Victoria holds a master's degree of counseling from Adams State University in Colorado and is a licensed professional counselor and a licensed addictions counselor. Balancing work and fun is an important part of health and happiness, so she tries to find that balance in everything she does. Over the last several years, she has found that exercise and yoga keep her balanced and clear-headed. She spends time in the mountains, on the trails, and travels at every opportunity with her family. Additionally, Victoria loves nachos, chocolate over vanilla, and said one of her favorite jobs was serving as a movie theater attendant. I see Victoria as one of my people. She's a good soul, and I certainly hope that that comes out in this interview. Let's not wait any longer. Here's Victoria. All right. I am so glad that you are on this podcast, Victoria. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm happy to talk to you. Well, let's just jump right in. Why don't you go ahead and tell our listeners um, a little bit about you in terms of where you grew up and any expectations that were around kind of post-secondary education and what was appropriate after high school? Sure. Um, Well, I'm Victoria. I grew up in a small-ish town uh, named Temple, Texas, which which was in central Texas, probably about an hour outside of Austin. Um, I grew up in a very educated family uh, where both of my parents were teachers. They both taught at my high school. They both had master's degrees. My father actually also had a PhD. My stepmother had a PhD. And currently, my brother has a PhD. Um, and I have, I have a master's. <laughs> Always trying to decide if I should get that PhD. Um, but, you know, growing up, the idea that I, uh, that I received from my family was that uh, college wasn't even uh, a conversation. It's just what you did. You, you finish high school and you go on to college and get your education. And if you didn't go to college and get your education, you really weren't going to um, amount to too, too much. Um, although it was really more of like an unspoken expectation. So, well, that's pretty profound, right? The idea of like, if you don't go to college, even if it's not spoken about, you're not going to amount to anything. So in your head, whether, or, or, outwardly discussed, were you kind of driven towards applying to schools in Texas? Like, what was that journey like? I mean, Texas is so big. There's so many schools there. Going to a college outside of Texas, I didn't ever really even think about. You know, I decided to end up going to a junior college, which was in my town with the idea of uh, transferring to another college um, after a year or two years or whatever it was that I, I decided to do. But for me, it was, I was going to college. There was no, 
there was no, t there was nothing outside of that. It was just what it was going to happen for my brother and I both. So did, is, was that your experience? What was college like? Where'd you go? What'd you do? Huh. Um, well, what was college like? Um, I, you know, I had a very non-traditional college experience, I would have to say, uh, seeing that I didn't end up going to a four-year college right away. And I started at a, at a junior college in a small town of Temple, Texas. Um, you know, it, there wasn't the college life that, you know, a lot of people have when they go off to school of becoming independent and learning how to do all the things and learning how to cook for yourself and how to party with everybody else and setting your own rules because I you know, stayed living at my parents' house and or went at my mother's house and uh, went to junior college. I eventually, um, probably after about a year uh, at junior college, I ended up transferring to a um, a college up near Dallas, which was actually in Denton, Texas, which is where one of my best friends was was going. So I ended up up there uh, going to school with her. But I had um, I had a boyfriend that lived in Austin going to college at, at UT. And so this was before the days of cell phones or anything like that. So I was doing a lot of driving between Denton, Texas and Austin, Texas uh, on a whim. So it was, I, it was about a four hour drive. And so I would randomly just go, I'd leave school and go and drive to Austin to see my boyfriend um, without cell phones. I never, sometimes I didn't even tell him I was going. <laughs> so because of that though, I never really had like the, I didn't have the normal college experience. I was gone seeing my boyfriend a lot. Um, after about my first I'm going to say my first semester away at school, I made a 1.8. I remember taking, I remember doing nothing, honestly. Well, it sounds like you were on the road. Oh, <laughs> you, were, you were doing something. You just weren't maybe in class or studying or. Right. right. And I can't remember if it was after a year, a, a semester or if it was after a year uh, I decided that long distance relationship wasn't really working for me. So um, I moved back to my hometown uh, to go live with my mother, to go back to school for a semester with the idea of then moving closer to where my boyfriend was and going to school there. Not, I didn't end up at UT, but I ended up in San Marcos going to the uh, Southwest Texas uh, State which um, my boyfriend and my schools were only about 30 minutes apart at that point. So I ended up there um, and entered into social work, doing a social work program and uh, loved it, loved it. I wasn't exactly sure what I was, I was going to be doing, if I was going to be a teacher or um, I, I really just kind of fell, I really just fell in, into that and I really enjoyed it a lot. Um, after about, let's see, I'm going to say about a year, maybe even less, I moved to Austin, but would commute to San Marcos um, and then ended up breaking up with the boyfriend at some point <laughs> uh, and really started. I mean, I was always a big partier, even in high school. Um, I definitely did a lot of drugs and drank a lot, um, even though I didn't have uh, high school experience I started hanging out with people that were probably about seven years older than me so I was uh, getting into a little bit of 
um, mischief, if you will. That's a pretty so, significant age gap for a friend group. Yeah, it really, yeah, it really was. And I don't even, I don't really even know how that happened. I met somebody in my social work program that was like a non-traditional student that was, uh, that was older than me, older than me. So I started hanging out with her and her friends. So that's how I got into that older, older group. So when you're 19 or 20 years old, hanging out with people that are 27, um, you end up doing a lot of things that I guess a lot of normal 19 or 20 year olds don't necessarily always do <laughs> the bars and, um, right. you know, I could do all, all the things that I tried to do all the things that they could do. But, um, I got really tired of school <laughs> because I was partying a lot. And what ended up happening is I ended up, uh, dropping out. So I had about one year left of school and uh, decided I would prefer to not go to school and I would just rather work and, you know, party a lot. So that was working for me at that point. <laughs> and, and you were still living in Austin too at this time. I was, I was living in Austin and I don't know if you've ever been to Austin, but it's a lot of fun. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> Okay, so you, now at this point, you're living and working in Austin. You dropped out of school, even though you only have about a year left before you could get your degree. So what did you do? I worked. Uh, I, started my, I started my career in the mental health industry with a job. Well, I guess I was probably 19. or Yeah, I was 19 or 20, and I got my first what I consider kind of real job at a residential treatment center in, in Denver working with children and, uh, children and adolescents um, in an unlocked facility. And I just loved it. So I worked all the time and I partied all the time. I remember working, I would work the three to 11 shift, go out until two or three in the morning, go home, go to sleep by three or four, sleep all day until I had to be back at my three to 11 shift. I did that every day. Wow. But all the days that I was working. Sure. So I did a lot of that for a long time. And this was in Austin or did you say that you were up in Denver at this point? Uh, no, that was in, that was in Austin. And then, gosh, I think what ended up happening next. Oh, I mean, so many things happened next. Um, you know, I moved from Austin to Atlanta so I could get away from the drug scene uh, and some people. So I moved to uh, Atlanta where I could hang out with one of my other best friends where she was living. And I had gone there to really kind of swear off drugs, if you will. And I uh, got to Atlanta and did, pretty, pre did a pretty good job for the kind of. Um, I was still a heavy drinker and I never really thought about quitting drinking ever, but drugs I definitely thought about not doing. So when I moved to Atlanta, um, I swore off uh, what I considered to be heavy drugs um, and then started dating somebody that uh, they didn't necessarily do heavy drugs. They would do uh, a lot of ecstasy or, you know, Molly. And so I, mm. I got big into the Molly scene. The rave scene and the Molly scene. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what you were avoiding altogether, right? By going to Georgia, you're like, I'm out of it. And then you just dive head first right back in. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I thought that geographic change was, was going to work for me, but it didn't. And, you know, I went through some relationships and 
I was still working in mental health. I'd stayed in, which is crazy because I was working in the mental health industry this whole time while I was partying a lot. <laughs> and I think, I think a lot of people when they're that young working in the mental health industry, it's a way to release is to go out partying a lot because it was such a hard job. Um, oh, sure. Like vicarious trauma, right? Yeah. It's, it is, yeah. But yeah. a lot of self-medicating out there for sure. A lot of, exactly. A lot of self-medicating. Um, so after being in Atlanta for about three years, I, um, because of some different things that happened and whatnot, I ended up moving out to uh, Boulder, which is where I am now, with also the idea of, um, I was going to swear off drugs, <laughs> not alcohol still. I was yeah. um, so I moved to Boulder um, for love actually, and was here and did a really good job of swearing off um, drugs. Uh, somehow, unbelievably, I stopped doing that, um, but continued to drink a lot. Um, that was, that's really my alcohol, or my alcohol of choice. My drug of choice anyway is alcohol. Mm -hmm. uh, so gosh, after probably a year or so, uh, in being in Boulder, I, um, I decided I, I wanted to have babies, uh, maybe a year or two. And so I started on this path of, um, really starting to con to consider that, but here's what I knew. I did not finish college. I had only been working full time for about you know, about nine years, and I knew uh, the moment I started having babies, like the idea of college uh, would be really challenging. Um, so I decided to go back to school uh, and finish my last year of undergrad. So now I've gone from Temple Junior College to North Texas State University to Temple Junior College to Southwest Texas State University, and now to finish my last year of undergraduates. Um, so I ended up enrolling in a, an online program in New Jersey while I was in Boulder. So I ended up doing uh, that online program and ended up graduating the same month I gave birth to my first child. Oh my great. gosh. <laughs> I'm proud of myself. <laughs> that is um, impeccable timing. It was great. It was really, it was really great. Um, you know, I was still in the mental health field. I quit doing drugs. I was still drinking, had my first child, um, working different places. I owned my own business in there for a little while with my partner at the time and um, took a little break from mental health. Um, a little bit so I could work in um, in I owned a store so I was working doing that I got tired of mental health and then I met um, a, I met this woman who knew that I used to work in a mental in mental health and she asked me if I wanted to come work at a place in Boulder and so I said yes I am ready I'm ready <laughs> back into the mental health realm and so I started working uh, in that arena again in a transitional program here in Boulder uh, but all the while still drinking I ended up having a, a second baby and working and just excelling at that and um, gosh after probably about 
don't even know how many years it was, but several years um, and drinking a lot. I uh, ended up being around 36 and um, I think alcohol really kind of started getting the best of me and I was making really not awesome decisions, um, not treating people the best, but really still, I was an incredibly high functioning, um, excelling alcoholic um, mm. that worked hard and did, and did really well at work. You know, I would drink after work and on the weekends or when I wasn't working, I wasn't drinking before work or during work, or I wasn't getting up and drinking when I woke up. Um, I just drank a lot um, all the time. So, you know, after making some really poor decisions and really hurting some people, you know, life happened and um, things kind of started really falling apart pretty quickly. And uh, I decided I had to get sober with a little uh, urging from some people. <laughs> um, which, which our, our podcast listeners can't see your face when you said that, which was like this, this kind of, you know, a little smirk of, you know, I had the community that kind of helped me. So, eek. <laughs> I, yeah. you know, I, <laughs> It's interesting now to, to think about it because I would love to say it was a community that some supported me in getting sober, but uh, it's not really what happened. It was more about the fact that I made some poor decisions and um, I really hurt a lot of people. And those people that I hurt were basically said, you need, you need to get help. And it wasn't necessarily in a way of ultimate support. Uh, it was more in a way of, um, you're kind of screwed, so you better do this. Mm -hmm. uh, and my partner at the time was um, really not being incredibly helpful. And we had two children and, and it turned into uh, kind of like, a, if, you don't, if you don't get help, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to look at what we're gonna do with the kids um, because I'm not gonna trust you. So, you know, when your kids are kind of put on the line, it's like you start really thinking about like what, what you're going to do differently. So I was lucky enough that I uh, got sober through going to AA. So I started going to AA and um, that really worked for me. Uh, it worked for me, uh, especially in the, in the beginning. So um, I do like to say now I've been sober 10 years since then. Um, and so that's congratulations. Been but you know, life is so different. I mean, life is so different um, from the time I got sober to now, like, you know, I have a really great business. I have a really amazing husband. I have uh, two kids and two stepchildren and um, a beautiful house. And um, I really uh, was able to get sober and, um, you know, develop my life really the way I wanted it. You know, I have a business uh, that I run that I love, um, and I have great friends, and things really turned around for me. Is oh, it, in there. Oh, I also went to grad school in there. Well, I was going to say, there's so many things that I want to say right now, but let me, let's, let's not leave this moment, because I feel like all the stuff that you just rattled off really points, like, it's very pointed in the direction of me asking you if you see yourself as successful right now. Oh, absolutely. Oh, gosh. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. And not even just in the sense of I have this really great business that I run with these really great employees that's doing this really great work in the world. But um, I mean, the big picture of my life is so magical uh, that I feel so blessed to, to have been given the opportunity to develop the life that I actually wanted. Sober. So it's awesome. great. I do. I see myself as in, uh, incredibly successful and incredibly lucky and um, incredibly blessed. I see it that way too, from my perspective of you. Thank you. Um, so let's, let's, now let's back up. So at some point within those 10 years of your sobriety, you went back and got your master's, you launched a business, like now, well, now fill people in. Right. Sorry. I skipped like a whole bunch. Uh, <laughs> I actually started uh, I hated school, by the way, and uh, never really wanted to go back to school. I am not a good student, um, or I did not believe that I was a good student. And, um, you know, I never intended to go back to school to get my master's ever. And, you know, I was working so hard and so much in the, in the mental health field that I finally got to a place where I was like, I um, have got to go get my master's if I want to excel in, in this arena. Uh, so I ended up before I got sober in probably be about six or eight months before I got sober, I started grad school. Um, and then when my life blew up, uh, I quit for probably one semester. And then probably about four months after I, I got sober, I, I started at my grad program again. So I did end up um, graduating after I got sober. Okay. Um, and so that was great. But in the meantime, in there, like after that, probably a couple of years, uh, I started my own uh, therapeutic mentoring program or business. Yeah. So, is, so tell us a little bit about it. So, uh, you know, one of the things that I've, I really witnessed and saw was that uh, mentoring in the realm of mental health is incredibly powerful. The relationship is powerful. Helping people do things is really powerful. Uh, I mean, being able to have the therapeutic skills uh, that you can use with people to help them get past the roadblocks that are keeping them stuck from getting the things done, if you will. So that could be, you know, grocery shopping, job applying, uh, interviewing, um, living on your own. I, we really do pretty much anything and everything to help people become independent in their life and to really form their life in the way that they would really find joyous for them. Um, and sometimes it's, uh, you know, we're, we're, we, I mean, well, we work with adolescent, young adults and adults. Um, I would say a lot of we really work the most with adolescents and young adults. Um, and so a lot of time what we're working with is uh, teaching these young people how they can be their own person and make their own decisions and um, do it in a way that is healthy for them, uh, hopefully. <laughs> and to you know, even make decisions around drugs and alcohol and communication with parents and are they gonna be able to, are they gonna go to school and how can they be successful doing all things Things because it's really scary. Um, but we will walk side by side and hand in hand with people to really help them um, get past whatever might be uh, at keeping them stuck, you know, anxiety, depression, and whatever it, it possibly is. So now I've been in business for about, uh, I'm in my seventh year now. I have, I think, 11 mentors that work uh, for me in the Boulder. Wow. And it's a really awesome thing that we do. 
I, I feel really incredibly proud to be able to offer the support that we do to um, people in this area. And for anybody that's listening, we'll make sure that the link and contact information to, to connect with Expand is going to be in the podcast notes. So easy access to look, like check out the website, connect with them and learn more. Awesome. Thanks. So I always like to close out the interview by asking if there was one piece of advice or guidance that you can give to that young person who might be struggling right now. And that's kind of open to interpretation of how you want to envision what that struggle looks like, but really just curious what piece of advice you would give to a young person right now. Oh, just put one, one foot in front of the other and keep moving because things do get better and you can't, you can really develop your life any way you want to, any way you want to, as long as you continue to be motivated and there's follow through and there's accountability and you uh, are really clear on what it is that you're trying to develop for yourself. You just keep persevering. Well, and you're proof in the pudding for that right there, right? I hope so. <laughs> I think so. Well, Victoria, I'm so grateful that you're willing to do this interview with me. Thank you again for being on the show. Oh, my pleasure. That's it for this week's Success is Subjective episode. Stay tuned for our next episode where you can bet it'll be another amazing human sharing their very personal story with the world. You can follow me, Joanna, on Instagram at Lily Consulting and on Facebook at Lily Consulting LLC. Most importantly, though, check out the resources link on my website at lilyconsulting.com. And that's L-I-L-L-E-Y consulting.com. Or you can just search on Google for Lily Consulting. You can also download and subscribe to listen to the Successes Subjective interviews on any popular podcast app, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Make sure you check out the show notes where you'll find contact information, website details, links to articles, and all social media for our guest. Once again, thank you to parenttrainers.com for sponsoring this podcast series. And thank you, our listener, for tuning in. And remember, there is no single path through life. Success is what you make it.